Hi, everybody. It's Ryan from Pi Records. I'm here with Christopher from the record store, Vinyl Altar. And he's got some special things, projects that he's looking to do. And uh, we're here today talking with him. And I thank you, Christopher. Thanks for having me. No problem. Metal man. <laughs> so so um, tell me, tell me about Vinyl Altar and, and how it started and some of the projects sure. on within it. Sure. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, I run a uh, heavy metal specialty store in Philadelphia. It's in Fabric Row. It's a historic area. Uh, it was primarily fabric shops at one time. There are less and less of them, but there still are some, and we are still technically in Fabric Row. Uh, it's also right off of South Street, uh, which has also always been a popular tourist destination in Philly. Obviously, COVID has changed a lot of things people do, but up until now, historically, that's it's always been a shopping destination. When I was in high school, there were record stores that I shopped at uh, for metal on South Street and the South Street area. So uh, fast forward, I've done various things in life. Uh, I'm an artist as well. I have two expensive pieces of paper that say that <laughs> for whatever that's worth. I can tell you exactly what it's worth, but uh, it's not worth that. Um, but a, uh, when I, when we got to the point where I was going to do a record store, uh, myself and my partner, Anne-Marie, um, she's my silent partner, <laughs> only in the sense that usually it's always me doing the talking, uh, but she uh, has various uh, stuff she helps out with regarding the business, but I run the day-to-day -day operation of it. Uh, I'm the face for it. Um, most people associate with uh, the store. Uh, but so when I wanted to open a store, I can't wanted to come back to the Philadelphia area, the same place that I bought stuff in my in my prime time of metal. So the South Street area is where it was, and that's where I'm at. Man, that glare is really killing me. <laughs> this is what like it's glamorous. The glamorous world is I'm focused on my bald head shining, right? Instead of talking about the store, I can't help. You. Welcome internet. <laughs> that's me. Um, I wear a hat a lot too, but, uh, anyway, uh, but so, yeah, so I wanted to open a store up. We decided myself and Amory, uh, we had talked about it. Uh, the job I was doing wasn't fulfilling things. And I was kind of thinking about going with the idea of it. And so it took us actually two years to find a space that worked for us for price. Some places didn't want to have a music store, which I still find really odd, but that could probably be another whole conversation, but I was denied, uh, <laughs> the ability to rent certain spaces once I told them what I was looking to put in the space. They're like, Oh no, no, we can't have that. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, my mind has been to be, I was just explaining this to someone recently. Um, the Bloomingdale's of heavy metal stores. And you have to be of a certain age to even, I think, understand that comparison, but I don't have a present day. I don't, I don't have a good present day because we function so differently as a society that I don't have a good comparison, but Bloomingdale's for those, you may not be, familiar it was a retail department store but it was upscale and it you know things weren't necessarily cheap uh and i don't i didn't actually shop at bloomingdale's but this is like my idea of it but it was all nice well-made good stuff you know and you know the price at high quality it wasn't junk and so that was kind of the idea that my record store would not be what i had seen in other record stores that i did not like and i still don't like i still crate dig occasionally uh, it's lost its charm <laughs> to some degree. Once yeah. you sell, when what you love becomes a job, it can affect uh, obviously how you look at things. Um, yeah. That's kind of where it is. Me. So I, uh, uh, where am I? I'm all, I'm all over the place. Sorry. Um, but so we decided to open a record store here and it's meant to be very upscale and it is, uh, doesn't mean my prices are uh, competitive. It's not, they're not uh, high scale prices. So that's the one thing that may not be like a Bloomingdale's. But everything is alphabetized. Our store is clean. Uh, uh, you know, everything is double bagged here. Um, we treat everything with the respect. If I'm trying to sell you a record for twenty or thirty dollars, I still feel like that's a lot of money, twenty or thirty dollars in today's world. And so I want to treat that product good, and I want it to be as nice as it is when I got it. There it is, our logo and our card, to be as good a condition as when I got it to when you, the customer, get it, whether it's just being in my store physically or if I shipped it out to you. So that, that means treating you with the respect 
to make sure that it does that. And surprisingly, some record stores I found uh, have a very different approach to records, the way they're handled, the way they're treated, et cetera. And, you know, we could discuss all that as well. But so that's where my stores come from. We specialize in hard rock, heavy metal. We are primarily vinyl. Uh, we have been here since 2014 in our current location. Uh, this may not be our permanent location. We toyed with the idea of opening more locations. I don't have the money to do that, but other people have expressed interest. And hopefully maybe someday there's a vinyl altar in your city, you know, if you're watching this somewhere else. Uh, and so far, so good. You know, we continually every year get a little better. It is still a work in progress. Um, it's impossible to make everybody happy. That's with everything, including myself. Uh, and it's tough to be a small business. Uh, and we are a niche store, especially store, a boutique also. All those terms apply as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I do sell online. Uh, that was kind of became out of necessity. That was never my intention. When I opened, I wanted to open a brick and mortar store so that people could come and experience it and look through records. And my, the simplest uh, story version, because I can be very long-winded, and this may be good for you, but sometimes it's not <laughs> good for me to be long-winded. Um, but I've gone into record stores in the past, and I would be like, hey, where's your metal set? And they'd say, oh, it's over there. And you flip through it, and it's a handful of records, and it's classic rock. There's not even metal in there. And I'm like, yeah, that, you know, that's nothing. Or... The worst, they say, oh, it's just mixed in with our rock stuff. And, you know, or it's just mixed in in general. It's not even rock, you know. And you go through and you don't find anything. Or I hate the slouch. No, I'm not going to. You find one band that's, you know, minimal at best as metal. And, you know, it's not there. So when you come in our store, it's the complete opposite. We are a hard rock, heavy metal specialty store, A to Z. That's what we have. It is 90% new pressings. That's what you're going to find. Hard rock, heavy metal. Some things that kind of go outside the genres because it's my record store and it's uh as people say you know i curate it uh i don't ever use that term personally but i see it when i read about things uh record stores and etc so i definitely there is some little touches there's some blues stuff in there there's some reggae um very little and that's not because i don't like it but because my focus is the hard rock heavy metal but i like all genres and certain times bands just make sense in my head it's my store so i put them in there and i get to share that with people if they're looking for it um you know, if they're looking to share that and I can add experiences uh, to it, but that's what we do. We, but we do online because I kind of got drawn into selling online. I never, as I said, I never wanted to. Uh, and at the time when we were starting out, um, we actually started looking two years. So we opened in 2014, but I believe technically 2012 is when I, we existed as a company. Um, but we couldn't, find a space to even a retail space to sell in for two years so we were just acquiring inventory and looking 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 and things happened and where we are now we share actually share our retail space with another business um but it's a big enough space to do that and i use my background in art to make it look like uh it's one cohesive space so if you came in you would just think it's one store if you really didn't know if you didn't read the signs are outside and everything it's there's a lot of little things everything is there but for the general eye, you come in and you're fooled into thinking it's just one shop, it's one store. And that's fine because we just want you to look at the stuff and buy the stuff, How, whose business it is and whatnot. That's all our on our end to handle uh, mm -hmm. when we come time to up stuff, which we do. If I'm too all over the place, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of <laughs> bouncing around in my head. I don't I don't drink coffee anymore. So now this is all natural, which is even worse. Um, I had a bout with kidney stones, which was no picnic and caffeine. I no longer do. So yeah. <laughs> good and bad. <laughs> uh, but so, so I eventually got dragged on selling online um, because it, it, there just wasn't enough foot traffic. There wasn't enough business and I'm just trying to survive. So, you know, I started selling stuff online and here I am. I'm still selling online. I don't, I don't like to think about the numbers as much as I probably should. Um, but I do a lot of business online and I wish I did you know, way more in-store physical. I know COVID has changed everything for everybody, but even before that, you know, we were a specialty store. And so um, for the most part, people just stumbled in. I mean, there were, there were, there were in our music venues close to us. So sometimes we get trickle over traffic from that. Uh, but again, now everything has changed so much, which we can talk about, but um, yeah. so that's it. I don't know. We, 2014, I primarily sell new vinyl, 90%. 
uh, new sealed vinyl, new pressings that can be also uh, classic albums, but it's all new. You know, nothing here is really past. I tell people if you're looking for something that's more than three years old, unless it's a big enough hit to keep pressing, it's probably gone. You know, that's that's about the market, um, you know, but like you're always going to see Slayer. It may take time, but they'll be yeah. they're never going to not press. It's just dumb from a business sense to not do it. So I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so that's it. And I sell records on a day to day. I'm happy to talk to people. We are not elitist in any way. Um, metal can be very tricky, especially today uh, with everything going on. Uh, Black Lives Matter. We respect that, you know, but metal is definitely has some iffy subjects, you know, going on. It's metal. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a whole conversation unto itself. Um, but we are open minded uh, and accepting of all people, colors, races, creeds. Um, happy to convert people to metal um, if they come in here so choose it but as I have found out the hard way through my own uh, offspring you can't you cannot force metal you cannot make someone like metal any more than anything else in, in reality and metal is a special thing I believe personally that falls to you for whatever reason uh, I think for a lot of people myself at least included that it calls to you to help you in some way with maybe a problem or troubles or whatever it's it's we're humans and there's a lot going on 2020 was a hell of a reminder of that uh and i like to believe metal helps a lot of people to get through stuff uh whatever it may be and that goes for me so that's maybe why it doesn't talk to everybody i don't know yeah. um that's been my experience but I, but I think it's overall a positive thing for people uh, i see metal as overall as positive even though like i said it can be difficult and there can be negative stuff like anything uh you know i look at i, I look at it more of a, a storytelling than the impressions that they were giving in the 80s that it was bad for society i always thought of it as some of it like horror movie or more like iron maiden like they tell stories you know that's the most of the way that i looked at it Dee Snyder, uh, Twisted Sisters frontman, um, very intelligent guy. There's you yeah. go look on YouTube. There's the whole uh, where he did the talk in front of was it the Senate maybe? I'm not super political, um, but he gave each basically defending metal to the government. I, that's I mean that's a simple way of putting it. And in that uh, to to really sum it up, the one song that they were talking about and criticizing was a Twisted Sister song. And it was, uh, according to Dee Snyder, it, it's about uh, oral surgery uh, that I can't remember. I remember the band had done. And it's called Under the Blade. Right. So it was the, the government, the powers that be were, um, I say government loosely, you know, the organization, that's a whole PMRC. I don't remember the exact ties, whatever. This group that was attacking them uh, said, you know, that, it was a negative thing that it was about like self-harm and other stuff. Uh, and he put it so great. He said that, you know, anybody looking for that, you're going to find it. If you, if that's what you want to go, if that's what you're looking for. But the reality is that this song was written off of oral surgery and that's the kind of, it, all the connections are, it's about a dental thing, but you can apply to these words, whatever meaning you want to apply to them. And that's exactly what they were doing. So Yes, it was very much under attack. And I think that's it. You know, it's a very smart thing is that they were choosing to put their own spin on it at that time. I think it's it's not sensationalized anymore. Uh, there's not currently anybody. Marilyn Manson, you know, whether you want to consider him goth or metal or just pop or rock. You know, he was a poster boy for a long for the most recent memory for mine of that same kind of just simply interpreting what this artist is doing in a specific way. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not trying to say certain things, but just, he was the, like the most recent scapegoat that they attacked for everything. Columbine shootings. I don't know how old people are watching this, but you know, there was school shootings and they blame Manson for it. anything that happened. It was, it was Manson was the scapegoat for a while for that, but it was the same thing. It was people just choosing to apply what they wanted to it. I don't see that overall with metal. And I like that was very much him. I don't, I don't feel like it was, was very much the general thing, but I'm sure some of that thrown around that it's all bad, but I feel like it's, it's a lot less of that now. It's a lot, it's for whatever reason, there's something else that people are looking at or poking at and it's just not metal, metal. 
maybe it's black metal. We just had a lot of bad in the, in the media lately. Uh, so maybe it's just gone that way and I'm just not seeing it that way. Um, yeah, with the, movie, the movie, uh, the Lord same. Negative, you know? I, I, I think with the movie Lords of Chaos, that might have uh, brought, brought about. Some so that definitely that definitely brought it back into the mainstream public and it and it brought the subgenre forward. Uh, it causes I think it's caused as many problems as it's maybe if it's helped anything. I don't know if it's helped anything. It's a sensationalizing of uh, a sad story of uh, having met a number of those participants actually that from that time that were actually involved in in all that. A few of them were here. We had Mayhem in our store here, the current lineup of Mayhem. Um, not that I spoke in depth with them much, but, but just overall, it's a sad story. The media sensationalized that, you know, murder, suicide. It, sound, it sounds like a movie waiting to happen. Um, and so it did. It became a movie, uh, you know, a fictionalized account of it. But it definitely made people interested. There are definitely people who poked their heads in right after that. They were trying to look and figure out a part of it. But for good or bad, it is what I said earlier. You can't make body like this stuff. You can put on a mayhem record, and that will f that will absolutely separate the room from people who like that and people who want no part of that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad or good. Just that the music just speaks to people, or it doesn't. It's not a general thing, you know. I don't think you can take a sip of mayhem and suddenly be like, "Well, oh, this is okay." You're gonna be for that stuff, or you're not. Uh, personally, I like it there are different aspects of it that i like to parts i don't like uh but that's everything and mayhem is a band that's been around long enough that there are absolutely different mayhems yeah uh current mayhem is not you know mayhem so that's a whole it's like a different it's like a whole bunch of different bands almost in my mind a lot of bands are like that if they've been around long enough a number of them kind of are almost different bands at different times and so i can pick and choose them in that same way, you know, I like this error only. And you'll hear people say that, you know, sometimes in a negative elitist way, again, we are not that way here. I'm not that way personally anyway. Um, but, you know, you'll hear, oh, I only like the, you know, the first Metallica album, the first three, you know, I'll use them as the easy, you know, but whatever, each their own. You can like just those early ones. You can like just the later ones, you know, what there's all depend. A lot of it with music depends on where you come in on that band. And I think that's a hard thing for people to understand sometimes. But if the first album of Metallica that you ever heard is the Black Album, then you are going to look at it from that perspective because yeah. you just don't have the other stuff. You just don't. So, but it's hard for people because you get everything now. You see everything. Everything is totally available at all times. So I think it's hard for people sometimes to look and be like, oh, you like the Black Album because you just only see all of it, you know? It's like, yeah, but you have to know where these people came in on the timeline. That could be their favorite album because that's when they were in high school. That's what came out and all their friends listened to it. Like, it's totally valid, you know what I mean? You can not like the album all you want, but that's that's it. So it's where you fall on those lines uh, with yeah. music that can affect it. How the hell I got on that subject, sorry. I definitely segue and you feel free to reel me in. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Metallica, um they do they're gonna do a box set this year of the black album do you do you carry okay. do you carry those box sets like they do like the like the motorhead one that like ace of spades that came out so here's the thing oh ah. uh oh uh oh uh -oh. I, hang I, on i don't know why i got you no it said my my phone said low uh <laughs> It's at low power, but it's plugged in, so I'm not sure what happened. I don't know. Oh, I'm hoping. All right. Well, if it goes again, I'll, I'll bear with me. I have it plugged into something, but it, I don't know why it cut off. But yeah. Apple products don't like to play with non-Apple products. So That's true. <laughs> That's the problem with the cord. Uh, uh, so uh, box sets on um. I am an authorized Metallica retailer, <laughs> a blackened dealer. Um, I have a giant banner hanging up in the store. We became that uh, when Hardwired came out. That was their most recent uh, full-length album. And I, I like it. Uh, fans seem to like it. Uh, but so I, I, I became this uh, entity. But 
in reality, I, I just order their stuff uh, like other people do. But the box sets are tough. It's my experience that uh, most people that come into my store here are not looking for high-end items. Um, they're just looking for – they want to buy music and all, but they're you know those box sets can be really pricey. And I find that a lot of the specialty high – really high-end items – people tend to order online, you know, yeah. and have it shipped because they, you know, they're spending a lot of money and whatever. They're not just out hoping to find it. You know what I mean? Like I'm dropping 150 bucks. I'm going to, this is it. Here it is. I got a receipt whatever. Not that I don't have receipts, but yeah. it's just a different mental thing. And they wander into the record store, you know, those special items they tend to have ordered online. So I don't usually carry them. I can absolutely get them. And I had the, I had the kill them all box set and the ride the lightning box set. And I think that's where I stopped. It just kind of sat there. They made too many of them. People, like I said, were buying them from home. People would come in the store and be like, Oh, I ordered that. Like, Oh, that's great. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the high end items I feel like don't work as well. Um, in business sense. And I'm trying to run a business. So uh, we can order them, but I don't stock them usually. And I've definitely ordered specialty items. Um, there was a band at one time that had, uh, they're not in popular favorite now, but they had leather, uh, they're a special edition that was all hand-stitched leather was the sleeve. It was crazy. But like, I just special ordered them for people because I was just carrying them in the store. It was just too much. They were kind of pricey. Yeah. Um, you know, we've gotten odd stuff. Uh, I definitely had some other box set type things, you know, but for the most part, people aren't, you know, I feel like people want to spend 20 to $30 on a record. You know, yeah. own one record. It doesn't mean they won't buy ten records, yeah. but there's kind of it to what they want to what they want to spend. And I think that's fair. I don't think it's anything wrong with uh, not gouging the consumer. Uh, I don't. I ha we exist as records, and we have so far released three album or pardon me three. We we've done three releases. Uh, our first one was a vinyl by a local band called Wizard Eye, which no longer active exists. Uh, some of those members have gone on to form uh, other successful bands, Thunderbird Divine. Uh, we also did uh, The Worst Ones, which was at the time like a two-piece, and they kind of had this grungy sound. They've kind of morphed into a third, uh, to a three-piece, and they've taken a more industrial electronic sound. Um, but they were lo local, and just like The Wizard Eye, I believed in what they were doing more than the fact of like, Oh, I am going to sell albums of this like crazy. It's, that is not my, it's a love project. And I felt, I believed in the music that they were making and creating and I wanted to help others to get it. That's why I did it. Um, so I still have plenty of those uh, releases around. Um, but that's why I did it. And the third one was a repressing of uh, Skitliv. I don't know if you're familiar at all with them, uh, but they are like a super group of sorts and the project was actually the work of maniac who was one time vocalist of mayhem he's not the current vocalist uh but it has a lot of guest appearances from a bunch of other black metal musicians um that are all noteworthy but then but uh he wrote the music the majority of it there are other people working on it but it is really his project and it just kind of got overlooked when it came out in uh, I believe it was 2009, I think is when it came out. And it just, it came out and it just came and went. Uh, we had it in the store and I don't, I remember vaguely having it, but it just, it was just, not, it was just there. Uh, fast forward, I kind of stumbled on it just on things on YouTube and I really loved it. I felt really strongly about it and I felt like it needed to be available to the masses and the label was not interested in doing anything with it uh but they still owned the rights to pressing it so i asked them if i could press it and we came to agreement and i released uh, a limited edition exclusive of it and i'm the only one that technically still has it uh the label that i got the rights from they may i don't i have no idea they may have a couple copies still uh but i'm the only one that has it and i still have plenty of them but um Distribution is not my strongest point with that. I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, so, sorry, some notices on my screen and more than that. Um, but the uh, but it's a great record, and, and I really feel like it's uh, something everyone needs to hear. It is blackened doom. That is the term I gave it, not necessarily the artist. Um, but that's the best way to describe it because it has elements of black metal in it. It definitely has elements of uh, doom to it. 
metal. Uh, and there's also some like spoken word from uh, David Tibet, I believe it is. I forget. I'm a little off my name at the moment. Um, but it is very much like an art. I see it as like a conceptual art piece. And it, unlike a lot of records today, I really feel like it is a work. Of, like the whole thing is meant. It's There are some like uh, songs and others on it, but I, I very much consume it as a whole, that it has a very, it has a beginning and end. And there is this whole thing that flows in it and that's how i look at the entire package that is why i spent a lot a lot a lot of personal hours on it uh reworking certain things not audio wise uh, we just took the, we took the original masters uh and used those um but i did a lot of stuff personally hands-on with altering the artwork um all with hand in hand working with maniac uh but he's a busy guy doing his things and and he's not necessarily active active so there's not been any real promotion on his uh part for it or on labels or anyone because it's just kind of i felt people needed this work of art but there's nothing like you know there's not gonna be any tour it's not gonna have another pressing you know so it's just one of those things um but it meant that much to me i worked hand in hand with him through emails uh and we you know got the finished piece i should probably have it to show right that would make sense but i don't it's it's boxed away somewhere i'm doing my day-to-day um but go look it up skit live the whole thing is on youtube uh it, it really it just it did a lot for me that like i said i felt like this was like a beautifully worked piece of art and people need to share it going forward people that i find most have either have never heard it don't know aware of it and then are completely changed once they do hear it or soon as i say it they're like oh my god i love that album i didn't think anybody knew about it kind of a thing it's like you know so for whatever that's worth i feel like you know the right choice in 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 pursuing the project um but that was but it's so technically it was a a re-release a repressing whatever even though we completely changed a lot of aspects of with it uh i i had a whole poster that i designed and did for it that had all lyrics that was supposed to be there was supposed to be something in the original but there were problems and a lot of things just didn't happen right the first time and so i helped to try to make those things that the artist was looking for initially happen and part of it was just me wanting to add to it as well um but like i said overall it's just it's something i was really passionate about for a lot of work into it and it's still one of those things people just don't know it uh and and running the day-to-day i you know i can only do so many things so i i haven't actively pushed its uh rebirth and so we did it it came out in 2019 for a 10 year anniversary. So it is considered the 10 year deluxe edition. It's available on Discogs uh, and there may be copies floating around here or there, uh, but the bulk of them have come through me because that's it. We just, that's distribution wasn't, I was just looking to make it and just, that's what I did. (laughs) So check it out. (coughs) Excuse me. We're still wearing masks here all the time. Turned on. It's a little hard now. I'm not having it. It's kind of, it almost throws me off. (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, the, the art and the experience that people have coming in your store, when they go home with a record, that's, I think, with vinyl in particular, uh, people have art. It's, a, it's like a piece of art to them. Um, Sorry, man. It, it's a, it gave me the low battery warning thing again. Uh, Punk. This mission. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I apologize. Just I had a black screen for a minute. Yeah, it. You know, people come in here usually know what they're looking for. Uh, sometimes I get people to ask me to recommend stuff, uh, and I will, but I really don't, don't like to because uh, I feel it is such a, back to that calling you thing. You know, um, it's it may, it may sound repetitive, but I really believe in that, that it, it speaks to you or doesn't kind of a thing. So it's hard for me to say, you know, oh, this album's going to talk to you <laughs> just because it talks to me. Right. Um, so I be, I really don't like to give recommendations. I don't do like top 20 lists or any of the end of the year lists. I've never done it. I've never been a fan of that because some stuff that people have hated, I've loved. And people, some stuff I've loved, people, you know, vice versa. So opinions opinions you know everybody's got one you know whatever but so i'm happy to come in have people come in here and usually most people just kind of are 
happy and awed at the amount of selection. And then they find what they were looking for, usually unassisted, you know, and, oh, my God, I can't believe this is in a record store, this actual physical product. And they get to hold it, buy it, and take it home and listen to it. And they could have easily ordered online. But it that physical experience. Um, that's why I opened the brick and mortar. And that's why I said I really didn't want to sell online, but a necessity I had to. But uh, it is definitely about – that's what keeps me in the days that I'm really ticked off and I don't want to be doing this because of reasons that have nothing to do with the music. But – have to do with running a business it's having somebody say thanks for being here which sounds dumb probably to some people but emotional for me you know i'm happy to be here for that one two people that like what i like so um it's a community metal is a brotherhood i always say uh, other people say it but i also quick to say it's a sisterhood as well we are not uh we, we include everybody and it's obviously broader than that, but uh, it's definitely family. And I feel like metal people look out for metal people. I like to believe that uh, because, like I said, I feel like a lot of us are into this music because it, it helped us with things. Um, yeah. That's how that's my non-scientific <laughs> approach to it. You know, I'm providing uh, a therapy of sorts. You know, I believe that that metal and this music is my church. I say that a lot. It's vinyl altar. It's altar, A-L-T-A-R, which means to worship not to change. Um, so that's what we do. You know, we worship the music, worship the metal. Um, and it's a brotherhood. I'm not, you know, it's about pulling people up. Uh, that's how I like to see it. There is negativity in it, but there's negative in everything. And back to the D Snyder, if you want to find it, you're going to find it, you know, and if that's what you're going to focus on. Then so be it. But I'd rather focus on, you know, the uplifting of it. You know, everybody can't wait to get back to concerts. And uh, I think the metal community more so than the regular community because of the devotion to the music, because of the, the, the brotherhood of it, you know, it's just something, there's something very different. And the physicality that happens with some of the, with a lot of the extreme music where people physically are hitting each other and whatnot in a positive way, but you know, it's a real thing. And right now it's all, everybody stay away. Everybody keeps six feet. You know, it's, yeah. it's counterintuitive, but to what we do, you know, we are gathering to unify and, and, you know, help each other. So it's kind of hard when society's like, mm, we all have to keep distance. So, mm -hmm. but. Um, so I don't know. the name is Vinyl Alter. I can talk forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's <laughs> What's that? <Yeah. clears throat> Excuse me. Why vinyl? Why particularly vinyl for you? Because, uh, it was for me kind of the beginning of it uh, and uh i i know there's been there was uh let's see wax cylinders is like the first i think that's the first recorded music actually you know but records are really where uh it started for i guess the average person to kind of, to have music in a way that you could replicate it you know again and again um this is, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to segue, but uh, I joke all the time. I love classical music and I listen to a lot of classical, but there's nothing by Beethoven. There's nothing by Mozart. There's nothing by them performing it. There's no recordings of them doing it. So everything is a, a secondary copy, a bootleg copy. I don't know. That's just a, that's just a thing that never, I can never shake out of my head. It seems to bother me for some weird reason, but, um, but records were the first way you could take that that performer and take it home and have it and hear them and hear those songs again. You know, that it was a, it was early entertainment, but that's how music to me, in my mind, it's always been music has always been through vinyl. We eventually, they made cassette tapes. Uh, and that was a portable format. And then they made the CDs, which held more information, you know, and it's still a portable format, but the records never went away. And I think it's uh, part of the tradition of it, where it came from and so i love music as a whole i sell hard rock heavy metal but i absolutely love music as a whole and so that's the roots of it is the vinyl and my i had uh two uncles growing up that were influential my one uncle uh, was a dj during the disco era and as a real little kid i mean i'd go over his house and he would bump disco on these cave speakers rocking the house but it was all about it was coming from those vinyl records and i understood like the music is the thing but it's like it's all coming from this source this is this, this is the magic is in this record yeah. uh 
And I grew up in the time period when uh, rap was invented. I can, I can say that, you know, I was around at rap in its heyday and I may have been young then, but I got to see it. And uh, I grew up in Philadelphia and South Philadelphia. And so hip hop was very part of my growing up and my culture. And again, vinyl records were very much a, a part of it for making the scratching and the beating that all went and became, you know, the whole thing with hip hop itself. Uh, to the borrowing of other people's the sample to put into hip hop, you know, all taken from vinyl. So a deep rooted love and respect of vinyl for myself. Uh, and the same thing about hearing, you know, uh, hearing the music, it's always about the music itself. But so the format of vinyl is there, like I said, I feel like the birth of it, hip hop and the culture. I feel like I was there for that. Uh, and so it's just always been records. And I never... I never not had records. That's probably terrible English, I'm sure. Somewhere someone is grabbing their ears, but I've always had vinyl records. Since I was a little they've always been there. My family, I won't say actively was, everybody did music in their own ways. Uh, there wasn't, it wasn't like there was a, I came from a collecting vinyl family or anything like that. Um, but, you know, music was here and there. And uh, I just, like I said, uncle has DJed and just, getting into music and, you know, finding out the culture of it. And, you know, heavy metal was with tape trading and I did, you know, I had some of that and they were just a portable thing, but it, but it was always about those vinyl records, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, that's it. Like that's the mark is that you're on a vinyl record. And it was also a very big deal as the world shrinks through and everything, things change, but it was a pretty mysterious thing. You know, your voice in this music is recorded on this, flat disc you know and you played and, and, and the sound comes out that's that was really a big deal if you had a record you were something i mean whether that was real or not you were something because that just wasn't the average thing things have changed you can go online and be anybody and get anything now uh it's ruined some things but you know but overall so i still it's a respect for it and, that, and that's it so you know i don't know so vinyl so vinyl altar is where it was so i wasn't interested in cassettes even though i grew up with the walkman as well and i had Mostly my collection was on uh, cassette tape, probably when it first came out. Most of the big classic metal albums of the time, I had them on cassette. Just because that was the portable format for me, and that's what I used. I absolutely owned records, but I bought tapes before anything. And then I didn't want to get into CDs. I kicked and screamed and fought. I worked in a record store when it was kind of starting, and I absolutely hated the whole idea of another format. I eventually got a lot of my stuff on CD and replaced the tapes uh, and then kind of going back and forth and also now going back and hunted down vinyl. So it, it really depends on the release, what I collect, some things I have on every format available. Not a lot, but there are a few things I do like that. I have everything. Um, and I honestly, I probably listen to my CDs more than I listen to my vinyl. That's a fact, but it's just my day-to-day -day life. It's the, I'm not currently at a point in my life where I can uh, as actively have leisure time, I feel like. And when I do have leisure time, I choose to spend it, pardon me, differently. Uh, but there was really something about getting the records from a, mostly usually for me from like a thrift store at one time and not necessarily metal, just whatever, but getting records and making a whole thing of it. It was a whole weekend of going out, looking for the records hoping to find the records, actually buying them, bringing them back home, probably cleaning them up as well. Lots of times they need cleaning and then getting to sit there and, you know, listen to it while I'm having a meal or just whatever, you know, a drink, I don't know, whatever the mood and whatever the record, but it was very, a whole, I'm about the ritual and the experience of it. And so, you know, vinyl is hands on. There's no, it's, you know, we joke about it. It's like 20 minutes, 25 minutes aside then you got to actively engage with it again. One of the things I don't like about CDs and I absolutely hate about digital, you know, you can play 10 million hours and never do anything. You don't have to interact again. It is such in the background. Yeah. Uh, and for me, this is very much an engagement, you know, part of it. So handling a vinyl record requires you to take care of it. You have to take care of the record. You got to keep it in the sleeve and clean it, you know, put it on there. It's a whole process. It's a ritual. And I honestly, having heard all formats, I enjoy the sound of vinyl. I like an old record to hear cracks, pops and stuff. This thing that may annoy some people, 
it, it is the warmth they talk about the sound. I'm not an audiophile, but there is definitely a difference in sound. And I find most digital to be cold and tinny. And I don't I don't like it. I don't appeal to me. Uh, I do, but the warmth of a record is the best, uh, even though I know I said I consume most things by CD. That's just out of necessity. But that's the joy of a record is like taking that time, looking at the cover art. It's a nice big 12 by 12 picture. You know, we lost that with a cassette tape. And we still lost it with a CD and God forbid now with digital, you know, it's this big, <laughs> you know. Uh, I saw somewhere so, yeah. where, so, people, where people can get <laughs> uh, pictures of an album cover from Apple Music and the list of songs on the album. Like you can get a picture of uh-huh. like, artwork of it and it's a clear right. plastic thing. I was like kind of defeats the purpose of the digital thing like it's not an album yeah it's it's really weird to go through the trouble of making a cover art and everything right but if it's it's all digital so i don't know i'm a physical product person i like uh physical i collect different things i I like the physical that is just my that's who i am not everybody is that way uh and so vinyl is a luxury uh you know, music can be obtained in many ways nowadays, but owning owning vinyl records is a luxury. You have to be able to store them. You have to take care of them. You know, they they can be affected by climate much more so than CDs and tapes. Um, but I think the reward is worth it. it I think the artwork is there. I, I think it's part of holding, you know, a legacy, a tradition. Uh, I have not met a musical artist yet who was not into the idea of being on a vinyl record. You know, if they weren't on vinyl, it's because either their label never did it for them, they afford it, you know, whatever. But it's never for like not wanting to be. You know, yeah. I think that's still the notion. Like, ah, to be on vinyl, it's still a thing. As I said, and it's still not cheap. It's, it's still very expensive to make a vinyl record. Uh, so yes, now anybody can pretty much do it without anything i mean you know click click and there you are but it costs money still so and you know not everybody's gonna foolishly spend quite like that so it's still gonna be a love project that you know feel like i agree so that's why vinyl that was a long thing about why vinyl maybe (laughs) (laughs) but i do but i carry cds uh and tapes uh it the the short of that is there was my one of my favorite albums was uh blood was is blood baths live at uh vakken album i don't know if you're familiar with it at all but it only existed on cd that was its initial and only format it was a cd and maybe cd dvd maybe so there was no vinyl so this album was definitely one of my favorite records of all time yet it's not on vinyl so i can't share it with the metal community it's a it's a it's a tough spot to be in as me so i realized very early on, I realized begrudgingly that I had to have CDs because this album that meant so much to me, I had no way to share it other than having a CD. So I had to carry at least that CD. So if I'm going to carry one CD, <laughs> you wind up with a few thousand CDs uh, right. is what happens. Now, thankfully, they have released it on vinyl. It's still pretty limited. We we have it whenever we can get it. Um, but that same album is vinyl, but they didn't press it on vinyl until many years after its initial cd only release so that's how i that's where the vinyl came from but but there's the reason why i carry everything so and on the same hand there are bands who only exist on cassette tape especially smaller bands we try to support local and small bands as often and as much as we can and so you know it's also it's been a thing for a number of them to do cassettes because it's cheaper i I totally get it so to not have them to not help them that would seem a disservice to me so that's why we have tapes too not just because but it's a further you know acknowledging why i should have them and plus the history of tape trading whether that really is actively going on or not anymore it's again the history of this music so i think it's important to have uh some of those tapes um when i can again it's still a business so you know if stuff's not moving it's not moving but you know we do sell cassettes cds and vinyl records we have some movies as well but uh or film DVD type stuff, but that's uh, very sparse. So is there an album when you were younger that said, that said to you, I want to be a part of this one day. I want, I want to do something and I want to involve myself 
in music somehow? Um, I don't know. I've never been asked that. It's a good question. Uh, not that the other ones weren't good, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just something that posed to me. I don't. I don't think I can point to an album that did that. I definitely wanted to be a part of this culture. I wanted to be. I was in some shitty bands in my day, uh, and shitty only just in the sense that we didn't really, you know, we didn't pursue it fully. Not, you know, that's pretty really was. But I did. I really wanted to be this, and I tried to do this in high school. I tried to be a vocalist, and screamed for a couple different uh, groups that it never really went past much of practice sessions and uh, really dumb egos, not mine. <laughs> I have an ego, but it was not my ego, but a lot of dumb egos got in the way and things just never really happened. And I hopped around here to there and nothing really, really came of it. Uh, it was a little saddened by it, but then at some point I just decided, uh, as I said, I'm an artist. And so I decided to pursue the fine arts, painting, drawing, sculpting. So, that is where I put my focus and my effort, not into music. I firmly believe if I chose to put it into music, then I would have, you know, done something else with it. But I decided to go the other route. So music never went away, but it kind of just took a secondary. Uh, and I spent a, a lifetime doing art related stuff, but never, ever forgetting the music and always wanting to come back to it. And uh, I'm not past my prime, but I am kind of past me, you know, being in a starting up a band and. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know doing that aspect and I did work in a record store in high school at one time and it's one of the few jobs that I had that I that I it was fun I mean there, it was a job so there's always bad parts of being in a job but uh you know being around the mu music in general was always enjoyable so things I was doing wasn't working out and you know it said hey let's try a record store and that's that's what I'm doing so I know this is kind of all off of it, but there wasn't any one record that made me say, I want to be a part of metal. It all, it just, all of it. It was the communal. Um, the best I have, the best story I had with an old record for me is uh, going over a neighbor across the street uh, where I was living in Northeast Philly at the time with my mother's. And uh, they had got a new album and they called me up uh, and it's like, hey, man, you got to come over. I just got, you know, you got to come over and listen to it. You know, da, da, da. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring a tape so I can record it because I can't afford my own copy. I just couldn't. That's reality. So here's the tape. And it's still, you know, that's part of it as well, the trading. Uh, and it, by, by all means, if I could afford to buy it, yeah, I would afford, I would buy it, but I'm just poor. <laughs> so I could afford a cassette tape. And I, so I ran over eager, couldn't wait to start recording this new album and we get over there and you know he's got it all set up on his stereo and pop in the the blank cassette and start recording it and it's uh it was iron maiden's uh live after death uh, i'm getting emotional <laughs> talking about it but he puts it on and uh my my memory may fail me sometimes but my memory of it there, there's like this little part of an intro thing build up whatever and we, re it's re we hit record. We put the record on, we hit record, and it's built up. And I just kind of like, I'm listening, but it's, you know, it's whatever. It's just right at the beginning. And he's like, oh, wait, uh, I got to hit a button. And at this moment, he hits a button that it turned it from like stereo to from mono to stereo or something. I don't remember exactly. But when he hit it, it boomed. And like, it was right at the right time, like in the song and everything. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, God. And so right away, he was like, oh, let me hit stop on the recording you know because we're recording this and i was like no no don't touch it like i always want to hear that like i always <laughs> want that love and then the punch yeah it i can't tell you how many times i listened to that dub copy before i was finally able to afford and buy my own copy of live after death but that's my favorite maiden album uh, jesus it's choking me up emotionally it really is it's it yeah. was that much so I don't know if I like consciously said like, oh, I want to be a part of this because I already felt like I was a part of it. You know what I mean? I already at that point, I already felt I was a part of the culture, even in that early sense. But that record, like it just it spoke to me. It's like those things, you know, they either talk to you or don't. And Man, that one that one hit for me. But it didn't make me say like, oh, I want to. That made the difference. It didn't say to me, I want to be Iron Man. I want to be an Iron Man. It was just like, I love what this is. They're talking to me. And I just want to, I want to have this communication however I can. So, you know, you buy the patches, you wear the jackets, you go to the concerts, you wear the shirts. This is us, Vinyl Altar. 
This is matte slime. It glows in a dark. Apparently still have them. This jacket is not available. This is mine. It's on the back as well. Um, you know, I just wanted everything about it. And so eventually that leads to everybody. And I know uh, I was talking to somebody about this. You know, I think everybody one time wanted to be in a band. It, it's kind of like wanting to be a movie star. It's as it's as broad as that. But that's real work if you really want to be either one. And quickly people find that out, you know, that it's yeah. you, you don't just happen to be. That's why it's so special. But so, yeah, so so no record ever wanted me. No one record ever made me want to be in the metal. But that that live of death solidified, you know, that it I tell it like and I'm there. You know what I mean? Like I'm when I tell that story, I'm right there in that room again. And there's ah <laughs> power thing again. There are three of us in that room and it is like crazy. You know, it was just amazing. So anytime anybody that's the one recommendation. Anybody, if, if somebody says to me, well, what made an album? It's not always in print, but I'm like live after death. There's no maybes like that's it. It's, it's the best for me. I love the studio albums, but that album, because of that memory for me, I'm always looking to share that. You know, I, I don't I, know what people are getting when they hear Bruce Long Beach, but you know, that's what I get. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have goosebumps now because that's my favorite live album ever. <laughs> uh, there you go. And I listen to all I'd probably back there. I, I listen it would, all it would probably be my favorite live album. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was saying that it's, it's probably my favorite. I've never thought about that, but I, would, I think it's fair to say it's probably my favorite live album ever, too. Uh, Unless you want to say the Woodstock soundtrack. A little tricky. <laughs> that's pretty you know. big, there. <laughs> that, that's live, but you got Hendrix and Joplin and the Dead. Uh, it's a, you know. Some yeah. heavy, heavyweight stuff with man, you know. But anyway, but yeah, live after death. Uh, that's you know, and that's what I, you know what, and that's what I expect out of a live album. I don't expect just the greatest hits. I expect like a punch from the get go, and I'm gonna be hooked and want to be it. And that may just be, but man, that is the expectation that if you put out a live album, it better be goddamn live after death for me. That's because that's what I'm looking for every time. And if it's not, I'm like, eh, it's a live album. Like that's how yeah. I feel. It's a live album. <laughs> you got to be live after death. So I, I love live albums, um, but there are definitely some where it feels like it, I don't know if it's the the difference in tone or the lack of crowd noise. It sounds sometimes just like a, a normal studio recording, and it's it's kind of like not not the live after death, like you said. You feel it when you listen to that. Yeah, and there's and there are manufactured live albums. Kiss did that, unfortunately. So there is some of that going on. So um, I'm surprised, and it was we had, I mentioned it earlier. The the Bloodbath album, that's a live album, and it is not. Those songs are great songs for me, but uh, the singer of Opeth, uh, yeah. uh, terrible with his name. It's not Michael, but it's like. Something similar to Michael. Sorry, man. Whatever. Um, anyway, he's the vocalist of Bloodbath at that time on that recording. And obviously he's Opeth. So he brought with it uh, all the skills of a regular singer, but to the death metal style. And then in between it, the songs, his banter is priceless. And that's what made it for me. I I'm such a fan because his talk in between songs. And again, that's... That that's a live album. It's not just the songs. It's that his crowd interactions are gold. You have to go listen to it. I don't know how much of a fan of death metal per se you are, but Blood okay. Bass Live at Vakken, to hear his in-betweens with the crowd, it's it's amazing. It really is. It's like, it's, it's just great. And that's, that's, you know, it's a live album. It's a real live album. Not a studio, not fake cheering, you know. I don't think you get too many of those anymore, but there definitely are ones in the past uh, that have that. <laughs> yeah. Back to Kiss again. <laughs> so um i'm gonna wrap it up but i want to know i want to let our listeners know how they can contact you your address your web address your facebook what, sure. what, how can people get in contact with you so we are again vinyl altar <laughs> we are located in philadelphia we are on facebook we are on instagram we are on Twitter, we are Vinyl Alter. That's V-I-N-Y-A-L-T-A-R. 
to worship, not to change, though you can be changed through it, but it's we're worshiping the metal, the music, uh, and, and to a degree, don't get crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's still just music at the same time. Um, but we're, we're on all those social, we're on all social platforms, just as the same, uh, the underscore may be on one of them or whatever, but if you type in vinyl alter, it, it will absolutely come up in your Google, uh, we're also on Discogs, which uh, if you're not the most, it's a, a music buying site, and it is strictly music, which is what I love about it. On to it by uh, a gentleman that owns the other business here that we share space with. Um, and that's where we primarily sell. We don't really have our own website. We technically do, but I use it. It's just attached into our inventory program. I don't like the way it works. I don't like the user interface. I don't think it's, I don't think it's user friendly. Uh, and I only have so many things I can do in a day. And so building a good website was not one of them. <laughs> um, so find me on Discogs, uh, D-I-S-C-O-G-S, Discogs.com. And it is only a music buying site. There's no, no auctions. It's just, here it is. It's really good. It, it has very complete listings. Um, it gives you also like, you know, the lowest it's sold for, the most it's sold for kind of a thing. A whole gauge. I feel like it really, it's a really good mark on the industry as the, the, the street value of uh, original recordings. Uh, it doesn't allow bootlegs. Yay. I don't like bootlegs. Uh, and it doesn't allow unofficial stuff, which there can be some gray areas with uh, things that are, I don't know, some people have this debate that like radio programs that are not technically bootlegs, but whatever. Anyway, that's where we sell. So find us on all social media sites as Vinyl Alter. Discogs is where we sell. Uh, as vinyl alter but if you go on any of our social media sites there's absolutely links to take you to our discog store um, you know everything's click click it's easy to find uh, and like i said we're 90 percent uh new uh vinyl hard rock heavy metal but there are some odds and end things on there i currently have a three crates cases of uh hip-hop 12 inches <laughs> that i acquired that i will be listing so yeah that's not metal but um you know, I do get different stuff from time to time, but that's my focus. Uh, and like I said, I will find other stuff that just appeals to me because, you know, it's my store. That's what I get to do. <laughs> Open your own record store. You can put what you want in it. You know what I mean? That's how it works. And I've had a lot of people who actually uh, wanted to open a record store and felt like, you know, looked at what I was doing and, and like to try to do something. I don't, I, you know, there's no jealousy. I applaud it. I want to share it with as much as everybody. So go open your own vinyl altar. Please open an actual vinyl altar. We'll do franchises or something, you know. <laughs> But we support it, you know. I'm trying to help a, a friend right now who wants to open up a hip hop record store, actually. So I, I mean, I have some knowledge of it, uh, but I'm just kind of, you know, helping him out because it's a, again, it's just about the love of music, really. It's not what I'm looking really wholeheartedly. I do have some hip hop records for sale, but um, it's not my, you know, main thing to push and stuff and all. But it's always the music. I love music in general. Um, yeah, I'm currently obsessed with marching band. Uh, drumline type stuff mm -hmm. uh alabama state university never went there but man asu that's the that, whoever if you're out there somewhere asu <laughs> i love your stuff the marching hornets i believe they are i have watched hours of videos of these bands marching in and out of the stadiums it's the most ridiculous thing in the world it makes no sense why i would be but there's great pageantry with what they do uh and and music and, and i absolutely love it so you know I don't know. I was never in a marching band, but I, I just love the whole thing of it. And then uh, our new president, Biden, uh, had the Delaware College drumline yeah. escort him uh, yesterday. Yeah. Coincidence? I don't know. I think I'm tapped into higher powers here, you know? <laughs> so, I used to go watch used some drumlines. down by that college. Oh, right on. Yeah. I currently reside in Delaware but that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I, li I lived in uh, Newcastle. Right on. I'm familiar somewhat with it. Uh, farmer's Market down there I go to. Always yeah. looking for records. So <laughs> yeah. I am. Or music in general, I should say. But not just records. But um, yeah, so I don't know. We're open six days a week. You have to wear a mask if you come visit us. We're, you know, practicing safe COVID precautions. So maintain six feet, wear a mask, uh, everything else that goes with it. Other than that, I'm still here selling metal to metal heads, you know, and I'm happy to convert new people. Um, but it's got to call to you. I'm not, I'm not, you know, not elitist in the least, but this stuff will either talk to you and call and, and 
and, and it will or it won't. And I have customers in here who don't look like typical metalheads, but absolutely, you know, it's there for them. So we're here for you. Awesome. Well, I think that's about. Thank that's you so it. much, Christopher, for sharing your your passion. I know when somebody is doing things for the right reasons, it comes it comes from a special place, and I appreciate you sharing that with us very much. I do. I do love what I do. I don't love the nuts and bolts of retail business scenes. I mean, that's just it is what it is. But man, I, I really do love the music and sharing it. And it's a pop. It's like I said, nothing but good things for me. It has done nothing but help me. And I feel like I'm helping other. So I don't know. I'm probably just crazy. But, <laughs> you know, I I'm running a record store. So I think that's an obvious yes. So, yeah. yeah. So thanks so much. Uh, everyone out there, you know, stay safe, metal. <laughs> All right, guys. Grow your hair long. I'm bald out of, you know, genetics at the current, but yeah. man, if you, that's my word to you. If you love metal, grow your hair long. People hate it, and I love it. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> my gift, right? Please. That's, that's great to end on. Thanks, okay. Christopher. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Stay safe. Don't be a stranger. Stop and say hi. Oh, uh, I will.